We are back in Powered by Huddle Analysis, offering the largest data and video library of players, teams, and leagues worldwide. We're speaking with Mark Unetti, Director of Scouting for the LA Kings. Mark, want to get your thoughts on Samuel Hellenius, big, another big massive kid at 6'6", and probably 215, maybe 220. Look, sometimes we forget how young they are. He's 20, doesn't turn 21 until November, I think the 26th, you know, and had his first year in Ontario. Didn't put up the big statistical numbers, which I'm not concerned about in your first year in American League. If you get 20, 0.25 points to 0.5 points per game in the American League as a rookie, not concerned, uh, particularly what role you play. So thoughts on the lessons learned he had from his first year in the American Hockey League and how that's you think that's going to translate through this season and, you know, f- discuss what, you know, the player development had to say about him as well. Well, he was a slow burn prospect, right? Like, you know, uh, you don't draft for need, but you're cognizant of what it takes to win in the NHL. So you don't necessarily draft for a need in your prospect pool, but, you know, you draft for a need in terms of, you know, you, you need to make up a roster. You need to have various guys and you can't have all five foot nine skill guys and you can't have all six foot five D sixes. So he was, at that point, there were one or two guys that were slightly different than he was in the tier that we would have had. And looking at our team and where we were going, we thought we had the luxury of waiting on a guy. So he was a a development pick, a slow burn pick, whatever you want to say. Uh, Last year in the A, he learned accountability. And I don't know that he fully learned it in the A. I think it finally, I think he learned accountability from his first year in the A until development camp this year. And then you know, he gets smacked in the face with reality. A, a guy playing his role, it's not easy to do in the A at any age. And certainly not, you know, he's fighting guys that are older. He's fighting guys that are much more experienced at it. He's running guys. He's hitting guys. He's trying to take angles on guys that are bigger and stronger and faster. And he hasn't caught up yet. So that's, it's harder for big guys to learn how to play than it is for smaller guys or skill guys to learn how to play, which and, and it was it was a good learning year for him. I thought in the beginning of the year, especially the halfway, while he was involved in scrums, he was involved on the back foot. Uh, you know, he was there. You know, and you know, it's it's like when you, it's like when uh, when someone's telling you something you don't want to hear, and you're in the room, you're there, but you're not really listening. So he was there, and he was there in body, not in spirit. And then at the midway point, he started to get it and started to be on the front foot. And then fast forward to this year at development camp. And it's a different body language, everything, him taking face off, different body language, him digging in in the corners, different body language, him chasing the puck carrier and getting involved, different body language, him going to the net, involved in scrums in front of the net. He had a great fight in development camp where they were just throwing bombs at each other. And each guy landed, each guy landed what I thought were fight ending punches and both guys just kept going. And you, you started to see that he came to development camp in just okay shape. And he realized that that's not going to cut it. And he showed up at rookie camp in good shape. He, he's starting to become a pro. So it's all these little things that don't seem like much when you talk about them on their own, but they add up incredibly when you start backing them up together, both positive and negative. And the fact that he's addressed each one of them in just a year span in North America, it's pretty damn good. And as you said, we saw a different, you just saw a different demeanor from him at rookie camp and a different level of effectiveness. So this is, as I said, next year is the big year for him, but this year is the year he has to take, it's just what you said. He has to take, 
a step on what he did last year. He has to continue rounding out and learning. And then next year, he has to put everything together. Let's talk about Alec Laferriere. He was another guy you had actually mentioned in the first segment about his developmental jump. And, you know, he did the two years in the USHL, two years at Harvard, and then got a little cup of coffee at the end of the, his college. And then last year, you know, now this year he's coming in, you know, for a full run. He's got two, he got two games in with El, with the Kings. I'm not sure how that's going to play out in terms of how many games he stays or if he stays a whole season or he goes back and, and he goes to the American Hockey League. But thoughts on overall, because that's a tremendous jump coming out of college hockey and then being thrown right into the mix of the NHL. Well, dude, he bullied his way onto our team. Like, like you know, we all had high hopes for him. You know, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about, I mean, Teddy and, and Teddy uh, Belial and Tony Gasparini, like, they wouldn't shut up about this kid. Like, you know, we had to create a new category for those, for this guy, because those guys were pushing him so hard. There was a, I won't get into it, but it became a running joke. But there were people in our organization that felt strongly about him. Now, I don't know that anybody envisioned this, but I mean, he, quite frankly, I mean, he was arguably a top two or three prospect at our rookie camp in the whole, in the whole rookie camp, you know, and that included guys like Carlson and Minchikoff and guys like that. But Leferia was in the top, the top tier of that, of that prospect group. And then, you know, like, well, okay, well, what happens when main camp starts? Well, he was one of the, you know, again, he got a really good opportunity with the main guys being in Australia. And what did he do? He was one of the top guys there. And then when the main guys came back, he continued. He should have made our team. It's just because of waivers and because we have, you know, the luxury of moving guys like that, we were able to send him down. And then when RV got hurt, it was instantaneous. He was the obvious choice. He has just excelled. And as I said, he is a guy who, he's a guy who does everything he possibly can to reach his potential. He's got a, a selfish shooter mentality, and that's a compliment. We usually hear selfish. It's not. He, he wants the puck on his stick. He wants to get it to the net. He wants to shoot. He wants to score. He's got that the, the right kind of ego of, of, of selfishness with the puck. That doesn't mean he doesn't share it. It's just that's his mindset. He played really hard. Again, what do you, you know, I know it's going out of the game, but, you know, fighting in your first game, not a bad thing to show the coach you want to stick. He's a guy who wants to be in the NHL. And, you know, he's a powerful skater. He is an elite shot and release. He's only getting bigger and stronger. You know, with, with, with Arvidsson hurt and him perform, if he continues to perform, who knows how long he stays. You know, as I said, the, the thing that works against him is we have the flexibility to set them down without waivers. But this is a kid who really is overachieved now at every stage of his development since we drafted him. How much is an advantage for him over the maybe his CHL counterparts that he's going to be 22 at the end of this month, not a 20-year-old? Like that year, year and a half growth, I think is really significant, particularly if you got to get into the American League. Well, it's, it's one of the benefits you have with NCAA players. You know, it's funny in the NHL when we draft a guy and he's not, uh, you know, he's a prospect and he's not in the NHL by the time he's 22 years old, he's a bust. Which is so, ridiculous. Geez, he's, 20, he's 23 years old, he's not in the NHL, what's wrong with him? And then you get guys in baseball that are 26, 27 years old when a rookie of the year. You know, it's it's a very antiquated way of thinking. It's it's a very caveman esque traditional. One of the things I, I you know I I, always, I often lament that with the 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 NHL way of thinking sometimes, but it's a benefit. They you know, twenty two is not very old. 
<laughs> you know, no, your brain hasn't about, finished developing yet. You're, but you're we just talk a about fact. like right, but we talk about him twenty two is what what an advantage to do. Imagine that we're talking about twenty two being a, an an age an age advantageous position uh, in terms of a prospect. And you're right, it is. So you know, having those extra two years, I mean, it, it was a big deal for him. It was a huge deal for him. Like like you know, he made tremendous strides when he was 20 and 21 and he made tremendous strides when he's playing on a Harvard team where he's playing as a top three forward and they had, as they had Farrell, they had Coronado, you know, whereas in the American league, he would have been fighting for ice time at 20 years old. And who knows what happens? You know, I mean, you know, look at the landscape of, of just, you know, littered, littered with prospects who were just not quite ready. Like just not, you know, imagine if, Imagine if you could take all prospects and give them two extra years. Yeah, 100%. I just said, I think think it made a big difference with him. It was two extra years with our development staff. It was two extra years of playing first power play, first PK, of playing 23 minutes a game, of playing with the best players. And you know what else? Of two years of being able to make mistakes and going back, no no matter what happens. You know, you make a mistake in the Swedish League, and you're a 19, 20-year-old kid, you're done. You don't see the ice. You know, we see it all the time. You're a draft eligible kid, one bad pass, and you got a minute of ice time in the game. The American League's no different. And again, it's a it's a results-driven league. As much as they say it's a development league, it's a results-driven league. Coach isn't putting a guy in the ice who makes rookie mistakes. And rookies make rookie mistakes. So it, it, as I said, it was a huge benefit. And and it's an, you know, it's you've seen some of the college guys we've had. They, we've had some very good success with with college players as have other teams. And I think the extra year to three years, usually you don't do the four years because you can lose them, but the, usually the, the one to three years extra is a, is a big development ship. It's a big deal. And it's a big factor in some of the success of these players. Well, Mark, I want to thank you very much for calling the show. Really appreciate the insight. Look forward to talking to you in the future. Awesome. Man. It was good talking. Stay tuned to hockey prospect radio on Sirius XM NHL network radio. As we will be speaking with Dennis Holland, scout for the Dallas Stars, right after these important messages.